This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, so today on the podcast, I have a slightly different episode for you. So if you're listening in real time, um, this week is World Autism Acceptance Week. And today I'm speaking with Trish O'Dwyer from a company called Autism Freds. So Trish is the owner of an online shop that sells t-shirts, prints and accessories to raise positive awareness of autism, support autistic people and autistic charities and just start conversations around autism. She also writes a blog and a monthly newsletter. And um, Trish, and I today we do talk a lot about her products and how they came to be how she created them and and sourced them um but also importantly we talk a lot about autism as well so I know that you know some of you may be thinking well that's actually not what I'm here for I'm just here to hear about the products but I urge you please do listen to this conversation with Trish I think it's really important um so Trish started Autism Freds with the goal of raising positive awareness for autism, starting conversations. Um, as I say, she donates um, some of her profits to charitable organisations. And I think hers is a really interesting and different story. And um, I would love for you to take a listen. And as always, please do let me know what you think. So now I would love to introduce you to Trish. So hi, Trish. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me, Becky. Oh, you're so welcome. Can we start with you, please give an introduction to yourself, to Autism Freds and what you do, please? Sure. Myself, I'm Trish. Um, I, you will pick up from my accent that I was born and raised in South Africa, although my mum is Australian um, and I married a Brit. So there's a bit of everything in there. Uh, we live in Tunbridge Wells in Kent and um, I started an business such as an on- online shop called Autism Threads a few years ago, mainly around our youngest son, Henry, um, who is 11. He is nonverbal, autistic. He has ADHD. He's a little bit demand avoidant. Um, he has really complex sensory needs as well. So um, just having had two children prior to Henry was a whole different experience. And I did not know much about autism until it came to be part of who my son is and just felt so inspired to raise some positive awareness and and support families like ours. Um, So that's that's where it all began. I recently turned 50 um, last week and that was on St. Patrick's Day. And interestingly, I am Patricia O'Dwyer, born on St. Patrick's Day, but I'm not Irish. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, a belated happy birthday. 50 is quite empowering. I just turned 42 days ago, which also feels oh, empowering. Awesome. March, baby. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's good. New decade is exciting. <laughs> So um, if you don't mind, Trish, because we're timing the release of this episode to coincide with National Autism Awareness Week, um, would you mind giving us, and and I completely understand this is going to be academic, this is just going to be your knowledge and and your experiences, but would you mind just talking a little bit about what autism is, how it might present and some challenges a person with autism might face, knowing that there's a huge spectrum and um, I know this is extremely broad question um but just for somebody who who perhaps doesn't know who knows very little yeah at all. yeah I, it's it's really interesting that because it is difficult you know when you when you're trying to start conversations with people and um tell them about autism it's not something you can really sum up in a sentence um unlike other things that people know you know maybe more physical conditions or cancer or whatever everybody knows basically but autism needs more than a few sentences um it's also uh can be quite technical and academic I tend not to focus on those there's a lot of um because of it being such a vast spectrum there are people who prefer to call it a neurological disorder and people who don't like the word disorder or disability or I tend personally not to focus on any of that for me um autism is basically part of who my child is and it always will be um autism is not visually recognizable that's the thing I find people need to hang on to the most so you will not be able to look at someone and know that they're autistic um and and that it really is around three things it's social communication social imagination and social interaction and those are often three criteria that you need in order to get a diagnosis as well Um, and for me those sum up perfectly my son's autism so to me anybody who is autistic um, will have either difficulty or differences in those three areas so communicating socially um, you know my son is nonverbal, but it doesn't mean he can't talk he can talk Um, and he has vocabulary, he cannot communicate socially, so he cannot even have a two-word exchange with someone. Um, He's extremely clever, and he knows the tone of a question as well, so he doesn't answer questions. That means he couldn't tell you how old he is, or where he lives, or what his mum's name is. Um, He might know a couple of those things, but he won't answer them. Um, Social imagination is a little bit trickier to understand, because it's For me, anyway, I've interpreted it as something around this theory of mind. Um, So where you get the sort of very literal thinking um, that I think people often misunderstand as being lack of empathy, which is not true. Um, For me, I kind of use an example of like, you could take a three, four-year-old into a restaurant and say, we're going for lunch. And very quickly, that little toddler will understand the concept of going out for lunch you know it's it's in in a place and we sit down at the table and there's nice food and I, I get a treat or and that's lunch when you take an autistic person or a person who is autistic into a restaurant every single experience is different it's new every single time because it might be a different restaurant it might look differently they take in all the detail before they then understand the social concepts of we're just out for lunch 
So um, that's the sort of more the social imagination side. And again, in, in vastly varying degrees. And then, and then obviously the interaction, um, you know, from, from difficulty with just struggling in group conversations and chit chats and banter and things like that to, to real one-on-one -on -one difficulty with interacting with any other person. And it, it really is because, you know, they are such wonderful human beings. They are human like the rest of us, but their brains are wired different, differently. And, and that's all it is for me. I kind of don't go into the techie stuff too much. I'm just a mum. <laughs> Thank you for that. And it's, and it's, 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 I find as well, it is really hard to sum up because every child, every person with autism, um, they're so different I mean as we all are so different and I feel like you can't sort of say it's this or it's that um I was mentioning to you at the beginning of the call that my nine-year-old um was diagnosed with autism um and I'm sure that if we were to speak and we were to talk about our sons and how autism presents there might be some similarities but I'm sure, I think there'll probably be so many differences as well um and, and this is the thing that I have struggled the most with actually since getting the diagnosis is that it's not one thing and also in my experience it changes as well so my son has some issues now and some challenges that we didn't have a year ago for example so um one thing we didn't touch on is sensory things, but he's becoming a lot more sensitive to touch. So for example, today it's sunny outside. So we put some sun cream on before he went to school, but he has to put his own sun cream on because he doesn't like the feeling of somebody else touching his skin. So I supervise, but I don't do it. And then, but he isn't happy because he says he can feel it on his skin. So he can feel, he's very aware of the fact he has something on his skin yeah. and that makes him really uncomfortable and this is a new thing last summer um this wasn't really a thing so I think that yeah it's um it's something that's very hard to explain to people Absolutely. I think and I think the sensory side of autism is so underrated and under you know researched um because it has such an enormous impact on their lives um and also just because, you know, an autistic person can communicate, like people I think often um, sort of think my, my, my situation is more clear cut because my son just doesn't speak. So he's automatically into whatever, a special school. But, you know, you can't, an autistic child doesn't know how to think the way we think. Um, so for him to, your son to describe how that cream feels for him you know, he can't change the way that that's making him feel. He can't, we can't kind of just sort of negotiate with him and go, oh, well, it's okay. It's just cream, it'll sink in. It doesn't, it's not the same for them. And he, they feel things to a level that we could never imagine. Um, you know, you put yourself in his shoes and think of how much harder it will be for him to cope with everything else that's going on at school today because because he's got this layer of cream on him. <laughs> Absolutely, it feels like I don't know to, that we to us would feel like having a wet blanket on us the whole day you know it would drive you mad yeah absolutely and it's <laughs> and there's all these challenges that yeah you don't foresee foresee as a parent because you're right I mean we spoke this morning about okay I yeah. I can't actually do any you know you need to have some sort of sun protection on but I don't know whether we need to research sprays or different creams um and I don't know whether there is a solution but yeah you're right you're right I'm very conscious of the fact that his day won't go 
as he would have liked, you know, as everyone would like their day to go, because at the back of his mind all day, he's going to be really bothered by the fact that his skin feels different. And, um, and it's such a hard thing. I think um, I'm only just recently starting to get my head around these sorts of things, but I think this is one thing that makes autism really hard to understand is because to a lot of people, they'd say, well, that doesn't make sense or that's not logical or, or, you know, they can't put themselves in the shoes of the person who's feeling that way. Yeah, I think that's often one of the hardest parts about autism awareness is, you know, there, there, is, there is empathy and that can be very surface leveled. Um, but when you are, and, and you will find it in the close friendships you have as well, you know, they'll come and go because you, you know, in order to be a true friend to an autistic person or to their parent, um, you really do. You have to take a moment and you have to really put yourselves in their shoes and you have to believe that these raindrops falling on this boy's skin feel like knives. And how would you feel in that situation? Um, and it's quite hard to get people to to go that distance because it's so unfamiliar to them. And yes. You will, you know, they when you tell people about your your child's autism or something they might be struggling with that day, um, your friends will try to, you know, and it's a perfectly natural and actually it comes from a good place. They try to sort of, they want to help. And um, so they try to sort of normalize some of the things, you know, like I can remember saying once um, my son, he refused to go to the toilet at school um, and it was becoming a real problem. And, um, you know, uh, because he also can't communicate when he needs the toilet and the other mum had sort of said, well, oh, my son never went to the toilet at school either. He hated it. You know, and that's she's trying to make me feel better. But I'm wanting to say to her, you just don't get it. You don't understand. This is a whole different ball ballgame um, because he can't cope with the sensory issue of needing the toilet all day while he's sitting there, you know, or, or we can't figure out why he won't go kind of thing. So, yeah, you. It's a, yeah it's a whole other journey. And, and like you mentioned earlier, um, things will come and go. You know, the one thing I've learned is, well, you don't, um, when you're supporting an autistic child, things, things don't work in a sort of step, you know, you take one step at a time and you make little bits of progress at a time. There are huge setbacks and regressions and it's very inconsistent. Everything about raising a child who's autistic is so inconsistent because we we feel different every day all of us don't we we wake up in different moods we some days we feel more sensitive than others um and some some days you know they're developmentally in different stages or emotionally at different stages so those added sensory things can have a huge impact through different stages of their lives and not others and others i guess they will come to understand as they mature and learn to deal with or cope with better but the stress of it will still be there. Yes. And that's actually, for me, was probably the biggest learning is that it doesn't look the same or it isn't the same every day. Mm. Um, and that there will be things that were once a, a problem and, and now, you know, are, are okay for whatever reason. And then there'll be new, new challenges. And that's something that I wasn't anticipating. And I don't think anyone really tells you. Um, no. No, um, it's very difficult to deal with as the parents you know it's upsetting and it's worrying the deep concern is is a huge impact you know it has a huge impact yeah and 
And I think it's also hard for those around you when you talk about those supporting you because family members, for example, they might get used to, okay, so this child behaves in this way or this child doesn't like this sensation or, and then that changes. And I think it's a lot for everyone in the child's life actually to, to, what am I trying to say? It's just, it's just hard, isn't it? It's just hard for everyone involved. Yes, it's very hard. <laughs> and then of course, you know, the other layer here and we'll, we'll I think we'll sort of lead in nicely into talking a bit about your products, Trish, is that um, we're talking, you know, about how challenging it can be as the friend or relative of a person with autism or um, the parent of a child with autism. But then there's, of course, everyone else in the world who has no idea. um, Absolutely. Who has no idea that maybe they have no idea what autism is. They have probably certainly have no idea that your child has autism and um judged yeah and and not just children but adults as well I think um because as you say it's not something that's immediately visible or or obvious Mm -hmm. as are lots of you know there are lots of people talked about you know lots of hidden disabilities you can't necessarily tell someone has a visual impairment for example Mm -hmm. um but yes I think it presents lots of challenges so it'd be really nice to talk a bit about why you set up autism threads and what your aims are really with the products that you sell yeah um I set it up for that almost that exact reason you know I had um my Henry my autistic son his siblings are uh, quite a bit older than him and I had been through the whole toddler primary school well they were in primary school midway through when when Henry was born and then as his autism came to light I just well, first of all, I, I had no idea what it was either. I mean, I'd never even heard of autism. I had absolutely no idea. Um, I also thought it would be something visually recognizable. Um, and I actually, I had no idea about anything to do with the world of special educational needs. It, it wasn't in my world. And so I didn't pay attention to it. And um, I couldn't believe the way people were treating Henry and I even as a toddler, the kind of looks and stares and the way people judged not only him, but me um, as his mum, like I'm some sort of terrible mum. And it really, it really struck me because I knew that I had done the same thing prior to having had Henry. I knew that I had given a parent a dirty look in a supermarket with a kid that was probably having a major meltdown that I just assumed was having a tantrum and thought, I, I know I know I had done it so I just suddenly felt so ashamed and and then I thought yeah but how how will they know you know we're so desperate for people to to find out about our child's autism and to ask us questions and just for us to be able to explain and for us not to have to kind of shout it out constantly and even worse you know we go and apologize you find yourself walking up going I'm so sorry he's autistic um, we shouldn't have to apologize for them. And, and we're so desperate to talk to people, but they don't know to ask. Um, I, I would never have had the courage to go up and go, oh, is he autistic? Imagine if, imagine if he wasn't, you know. And so I just thought I have to, I have to do something. I have to, you know, initially it started around my own son. I had no plans to set up a business. I just thought I need a T-shirt. I need something visual, um, you know, to, so that people can get a quick heads up. Um, And so I went looking for an autism type t-shirt and I really didn't like what I saw Um, and thought, you know, a couple of years later, I just thought, you know, you've met 
I, I, I just got launched into this world of special needs mums and it just opened my eyes and I just thought I have to do something. I'm, I'm completely passionate about this and I want the awareness to be positive. There's so much negativity out there and there's so much shouty type of language and I just thought that's wrong. I, For me, for people to accept autism, first they have to actually understand it and they will never understand it if we don't give them the information so I felt like with some of my products they are you know captioned t-shirts with a whole sentence on the back Um, and it's not really about this leery message to everyone it's just something for someone who's standing next to you in the queue or sitting at the airport um, who notices something and can then read the t-shirt and think ah and then and then they feel okay to ask those questions because as a mum all I want is for people to just ask then I can talk about my child and my child's autism because as we've mentioned they're, they're all different and and I cannot stand having to apologize for him all the time I, you know um, so that's where it began <laughs> um, and yeah the product's are obviously based around raising positive awareness. I wanted things that that I would want my child to wear, so stylish and tasteful with nice colors, um, you know, um, as organic as possible and as sensory soft and, you know, comfortable as possible. Um, and then, you know, to embrace the autism family, to support the carers and the, the mums and parents that are with those children to help their siblings embrace autism feel like they can have conversations if they've got a really cool kind of logo t-shirt on and their friends think oh that's nice then it gives them the chance to talk about their sibling Um, and then also I went into this sort of fashion side of it because I thought well you know I don't need to raise awareness amongst the autism community we we eat sleep and breathe at 24 7 it's the general public you want to reach out to so um came up with the idea of more fashion generic focused t-shirts with slogans on them that everyone can resonate with um and and when you buy one of those t-shirts you support an autism charity um so so started on that and then the accessories the smaller products are things that are very affordable they're typically things that you have with you when you're out and about so lanyards and pin badges and tote bags and again it's just an opportunity to start a conversation i'd like people to you know, I don't think parents, again, are also the parents of autistic children are so vastly different in their opinions and their journeys. And I think you come to fully accepting your child's autism at different stages. Um, and one of the best things about having set up this business and, and going to the markets and events is the conversations I have um, and me learn. I've learned so much. I've learned not to judge parents whose opinions are different to mine you know if you if you need to believe that the MMR jab caused your child's autism that's actually okay um, and we can all have our different opinions on the therapies they need but we can all come together and and show a united front and kind of drawing people in to learn about autism rather than pushing them away by going don't call my child this and don't use that word and don't you know um, so yeah, I've I've learned a lot in the process and and I've met some incredible people. So and like you mentioned earlier, just if I can just if my son's wearing that t-shirt and one person gets to clock it, then then that's amazing for me. You know, I'm not trying to you'll never stop 
people's judgments and some people don't want to know you know (laughs) even when you do go up and say I'm so sorry he's autistic they go yeah sure he is and you're like oh okay um (laughs) I just yeah one person at a time and you know um embracing the community around us it's such because it's invisible the parents become invisible and you you know when you have a market stand or something it's really fascinating because you realize that literally it really is one in 10 people who come who walks by actually has a connection to autism and that's that's amazing you know that's amazing we need to support each other more that's really interesting and I think you're right I think since speaking out about my son's autism I found out about you know people um a few adults that I know with autism or people um, who have children with autism and I never knew that and it's almost like if you're on the outside you you just well, not the outside saying it but it's almost like you don't know until you know mm-hmm. and when someone thinks finds out you know if you're open with people and you and you talk about it all of a sudden there are all these connections and people are happy to talk but it's almost like until you have that diagnosis or you start going down you know you start looking into it more um it almost feels like it's something that people don't talk about and which is one of the reasons that I am keen to talk about it um as I know you are because I just think the more of us that talk it's, it normalizes it it absolutely and it just you know I I'm not quite sure looking back why not even looking back but just I'm not sure in general really why why but it is something that people don't tend to want to talk about and in fact I know for myself that sometimes if I mention my son having autism there are people who will ask questions and want to know more but then there are other people who are clearly uncomfortable and almost look like they wish you hadn't said that because they're not quite sure what to say um, and they'd rather just not have that conversation. Yeah I mean I partly why I put so much information on my t-shirts so that you don't have to I mean it's, it's quite funny because when you when you have a market stand as well it's amazing how you know how autistic people can behave they, they they've come to a market supposedly to shop and yet they don't want you to make eye contact with them they don't want you to go hi would you like to look at my t-shirts it's, it's hilarious so so yes I think the the subtlety of the information sometimes allows people to absorb as much as they want to or not and it certainly gives them a starting point as well because because obviously you don't want to feel like you don't really know um and I've also had the standard, you know, I can't count how many times people have gone, oh, well, I, the only thing I know about autism is the rain man or, you know, yeah, you get that. But you just have to, you have to rise above some of that. People, people are using very sort of social language. And, and then you just, I've learned to just become, I used to get pretty angry, not at them, but I used to get really stressed about it. And I want so badly for people to understand, but you have to, you have to be a little bit more polite and accepting and just just go with what what's in front of you and take your opportunities to be as positive as you can about your your child's autism and and you're very brave you know that it's not an easy thing to do it's a complicated world and um I totally get I totally get parents who who don't want it known um if you if you are faced with a child who is in a mainstream school um you know, you've got a whole, you've got a whole other ball game going on com- compared to the education journey my son's on, for instance. And I've learned to fully embrace that as well. And I, and I do get it. And I, I think they will come to it at some stage. And sometimes it's matched with 
with how much their own child is prepared to accept of their own autism. I've met children, 11 year olds or whatever, who are completely, they think they are amazing. They are so proud of their autism. Um, I rock it. I need this one-to-one support in my class. I'm good. There's others for whom that journey is completely different. Um, and, and also autism has been perceived so badly in the past that you can't blame these parents. I mean, why would you want someone to think you're, you know, these, these really crazy ideas people have of autism and then you want, then they, then they start judging your, your child. And that's, that's difficult too, you know? So, um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really important for us as especially autism parents to, um, to just embrace each other. Absolutely. And what I think is, um, one thing is talking about how it's perceived and, and talking about it. One thing that I've really, I quite like actually is because my son is young, um, he doesn't, and the first he heard of autism was when he got his diagnosis. He didn't know anything about it. He didn't know any, there was no stigma. There was no shame. If anything, he loves having, it sounds really silly. He loves having the label. He likes knowing this is why I think like this is why these things bother me. And he's fully embraced it, which I love. And he really likes to tell people about it because for him, it's such a big part of who he is. And it also, I think it gives him comfort that um because before we had the diagnosis he kept saying things like I I think something's wrong with me I don't know why I feel like this and there was lots of anxiety around why am I feeling like this why does this bother me what you know there was lots of why and now he's like okay I know why and um yeah I really like the fact that he's I I will almost want to say almost proud of having the diagnosis and I think it's I think it's wonderful and I guess where I'm coming at with this is that I, I really hope that because there's a generation of children coming through who hopefully don't have all of that mm. stigma that maybe things in time will will change if oh, people they absolutely will i can i can see it you know i have when we go when we get on an airplane with our son i really do i have he's he absolutely loves flying he gets um very very excited for takeoff <laughs> so i do i feel for me it's important to just mention to the people in the front of his seat and the people behind. I usually put one of his siblings behind because he he does a lot of stimming and rocking in the seat. Um, and I'm always blown away because it is always the 20-somethings who are absolutely amazing and cool and totally fine with it. Um, yeah, way more so than previous generations who 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 have not had the information, who who are stuck in us in those stigmas so yeah I think and I, th- I think the schools are changing slowly but surely um too and I'm, I'm so it's so wonderful to hear about your son feeling proud and even when you hear these stories about adults receiving diagnosis you know the the vast majority of them feel that it's finally they understand themselves so that it's a good thing so and and obviously for parents it's essential because that's your ticket to accessing help to get their needs met yes and and I know we are going a little bit off topic here because I do want to come back to your business and I really hope people are enjoying it and I've noticed actually the last couple of weeks I guess as we're coming up closer to autism awareness week I've been reading lots more stories of adults who are diagnosed with autism at a later age and every story that I've read has been really positive in terms of how the person feels about their diagnosis and I think every single 
story that I've read, the person has said, you know, something along the lines of finally. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's very positive. So I just want to come very quickly back and back because, um, so I'm just really curious actually about sort of how you went about actually, well, I've got a few questions actually, first of all, the actual product. So I'm really interested with your t-shirts because it sounds like you had such a vision for them. How did you go about actually making that a reality? So you, you mentioned that you wanted them to look quite cool and you wanted all the information on them, but you also wanted them to be very soft and very wearable be, to cover those sort of sensory things so how did you go about actually getting um, those made yes those were all wonderful dreams um I, and actually I, I I really visualized myself really actually designing a shirt you know and, and having it made <laughs> um that 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 doesn't work in the real world unless you have got vast quantities of money and you come from a fashion background and you personally know suppliers and pattern makers in China and yeah so I got some wonderful advice from a friend a local friend who is very involved in fashion um who said um don't don't go there you know you you have got to think first of all you've got to think about imagine adding up how much every t-shirt costs then you need it in every single size available because obviously I'm going from children all the way through to adults um and if you want to buy a t-shirt from a supplier with no label in it, that actually costs more than buying the t-shirt with the label in it. So it's like, okay, so those will just need to be cut out because I can't afford that. Um, and so, yeah, you have to, you have to adjust. I, I absolutely stuck to my own sense of colors and fashion that I would want for my own son to wear. Um, and and then I think it, it helps a lot with, um, you know, my son's godmother is, is one of my really good friends who's a graphic designer. So I get friendship rates of her. And she came up with, I, I had come up with the kind of information and captions that I wanted. And then there was a, um, she came up with sort of three different scenarios, color palettes um, that we thought we would tie the t-shirts into as well. I was, I was, I was very, and sometimes I, sometimes I still wake up and think, do I, do I know what brand, what a brand is? <laughs> I, I'm not so good at that. Um, so she's been amazing on that front. And I just, I totally resonated with the, um, the thread and the splatter pattern. Um, you know, I was describing to her what autism was for me and how my son's brain was wired so differently and that it's made of all these Time, millions of threads you know and then she's well well then threads are threads as clothing threads as cotton threads as the t-shirt threads as everything that has to come together to make this business so I, I absolutely love that um the people who set up the website for me were also I mean I was I was initially thinking of calling it something completely random and then the the marketing side of things they sort of impressed upon me that maybe having the word autism in there was actually going to be vital because um, if you're not having a physical shop and you're competing with Google, <laughs> and then, you know, getting yourself onto the front page of Google, you, you're going to need to have those words and people search engines and, and focus on what, what this business is for. So that, that was actually quite a brave step in a way because I have had people come up and go, I love that caption, you know, crowded, noisy places make me anxious. And then they'll go, but I don't want the word autism anywhere. 
So I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> you're not ready. You haven't embraced that journey just yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then my designer was also amazing with the fonts, the use of the fonts. And we, you know, a lot of the minty cool colors uh, to up to me and, you know, felt very sort of calming and um, I don't know if you could describe a font as kind of soft and embracing, but, but, but that's, that's where we went. Um, I love, I love, just love what she's done. I love the splatter pattern as well. Just these kind of, you know, we're all different and splodges and we're all, um, yeah. So it's, she, she's, uh, she gets all the credit for the design. Absolutely. Um, I was all about the, the wording. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, um, I have managed to find, you know, um, some wonderful organic t-shirts, which are super soft. Um, I've tried to stick to 100% cotton um, wherever possible. And I've also um, initially wanted to really stay local. I wanted to use a local printer and a local, and then and then a pandemic came along. Um, so that's also had to, had to change a bit, but yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So do you have the... So do you have your designs printed onto the T-shirts that you've sourced? Is that how yes, that works? Yes, yes. So source the T-shirts and have them printed. Um, and I've had to change, sadly, two of two of my printers have gone out of business during the pandemic, so you have to start all over again. Um, but that is what it is for everyone. Yeah, and that is really sad. And thank you for being so honest about all of that as well, about how you had a vision for the T-shirts and how you would do it and how that didn't quite go as planned because you do you do sell T-shirts. You do have these physical T-shirts that you sell, even if it's not, even if like the means is not quite as you envisioned at the outset, because I think it's really, I'm really grateful for you to be really honest about that because you don't know what you don't know. And quite often, I think it it can almost it could have put you off it could have put you could have sort of said oh well if I can't get someone to manufacture these t-shirts to a my exact specification without a label and you know you could have said actually if I can't have it exactly as I want it do you know what I'm just going to give up I'm not going to do t-shirts um and I think that's understandable people do make these decisions so I think it's really commendable that you actually said okay no I can't do it exactly how I thought I was going to do it because I didn't know but actually there is another way around it um because I think it can be so easy to be thrown off when things aren't quite as simple or as straightforward or as inexpensive as you think they might be absolutely absolutely and you it makes you sort of it makes you really focus on on why you're doing what you're doing and and who it's for and um it, it became because of that. It became something like, well, let's let's embrace the whole autism community. There's there's neurotypical siblings who will happily wear a, a cheaper fashion T-shirt. You know, if well, what are we trying to do here? Is it about the the feel of the T-shirt or is it about the message? And overall, for me, it became about the message. And I know that I've got a hugely sensory son who who does wear my T-shirts. He loves them, and he's you know, I can cut the label out if it needs to be cut out, but he's actually, they're quite fine and he's been fine with them. And then I sort of take my lead from that, if you like. Yeah. And I think it's good that I really appreciate what you said about sort of sticking to, you know, what's actually the most important thing here, mm -hmm. um, because you can't always create exactly what you want. 
for various reasons but I think knowing that okay the the most important thing for you was the message and having getting the message out there meant that you knew what you could compromise on um and I think that's really good because we all have to compromise somewhere yes you'll you'll never get a scenario and then you you also have to sort of remove yourself a bit and think well for me as well I I I don't come from a fashion background, so I'm, you know, this 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 can't be about some gorgeous fashion, <laughs> as much as I probably had dreamt of things like that initially. Um, and it has to be, it has to be affordable, you know, because uh, also a lot of mums have to absolutely wing it with their children. They, you know, an autistic child who doesn't want to wear a t-shirt is not going to wear the t-shirt, so she's risking spending whatever 15 pounds on a t-shirt that they might hate or not want to wear um so there's no way I could could make it you know as a small business I would have if I'd covered those dream you know designed my own clothing and wonderful fabric uh, they would have been so expensive and I just think that would have again you know so many of these autistic families are struggling you know to get those diagnoses in the first place and having to to sacrifice financially to pay for private specialist reports what could be more important you know so I felt and again again with the accessories I had to come in with some really um cheap you know cheap and easy wonderful small simple ways to help your lanyard yards and your little cards as well And I think, yeah. yeah, and I think it's really nice to have that because you're right. If if there's someone who says, "Well, I'd quite like a t-shirt, but I don't know if I can afford it," or because I don't know if my child, or I don't know if my child will wear it, actually, it's nice they could say, "Well, we could try a lanyard, or we could try, yeah, something more affordable," because they're looking for a solution, yeah. I assume. Yeah. And yeah, so I think that's I think that's great that you have things for those different price points as well. Thank you. And for what it's worth, I do think your t-shirts look fashionable. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. That means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> they, do, they do. They honestly do look really nice. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to. Cut, I've only got a few questions. I promise, because I know we're coming towards the end of our time together. So I was interested when you were talking about doing like the market dolls earlier, um, and I just wondered, and purely out of curiosity, because I don't know Trish, are you going to events for people with autism, or are you going to general market stalls in the hope of? you know general sort of outdoor events trying to raise awareness or a bit of both um a bit of both actually I again I started um local I just felt if you you've got to you when 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 you set up a small business and you it's just you on your own um you know you start with your friends and family don't you and 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 they all get sucked into (laughs) buying one of your t-shirts and following you on Instagram and honestly for the first six months or so, that those were my only sales on my website, were people, my own family and my relatives, and and then the net broadens, and it's your friends and it's your social group, and and then it's where you live. For me, it's the community, it's the the other mums in my son's school, it's you know. So I, um, and I did come across um, some local general events um, that I think the lady who ran them probably thought it was very brave to do, but. I did. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I do these things. I just felt I, <laughs> I, I needed to start. Um, and, and it was quite interesting because, you know, I was in this beautiful little hall in, in Tunbridge Wells and 
people were selling earrings and candles and gorgeous things and then and then then it was me but I I have my designer has made my stand market stand look amazing as well so um it really does draw people in and, and even just to see people walk past and and then I thought you know it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter if I don't sell anything because all these people are going to walk past this stand and see the word autism and I mean that's that's epic um, and the number of people who came and did buy one of those little small accessories as a way of contributing towards the charities my product supports was incredible and then suddenly people were like oh you know my godson's autistic and yeah and so many people who were like oh I've never never seen things like this before and the idea that they could even maybe buy their autistic relative a gift which is amazing because that's really hard to do as well <laughs> buying presents for autistic children who particularly mine who's who's not um accessing education you know you can't just google uh, boys toys for age five to seven because that's not going to cut it <laughs> um that was amazing as well and so I did I did start out very locally and also those were the stands I could afford um and and then I have I do now um, look for autism specific events and I've been invited to a number of schools and, I, I, and I've had a lot of success with the Christmas markets at some of the schools who have really big learning support departments or um, special needs schools their their Christmas markets um, you know I'd love to tap into the really big autism events but I'm not in their price bracket for them for their stands just yet and also I'd have to turn up with so much stock you know, I'd have to sell, I don't know, seven, 700 t-shirts to, 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 to break even at the national autism show in London. Um, I do, I do visit it and I have some friends at stands who, who take my postcards and things and spread those around for me, which is amazing. And that is something I really genuinely is one of my goals to aspire to, to, to get to the really big autism events. Thank you. And I think it makes exact sense what you're saying to start small and start local because well for lots of reasons as you say for the cost but also you were talking about how your first sales on your website with friends and family um personally I think that's a great way to start because people are going to then where will use your products and other people will ask where they came from I think word of mouth is how a lot of small businesses get off to a start and I think even if your first however many customers are all people that you know or your neighbors or or whatever it doesn't actually matter you just need to get the ball rolling somehow and um I'm always surprised when people who have their own small business aren't telling their friends and family about it because some people do want to keep it a bit Mm. close to their chest Mm. but my advice is yeah tell everybody and anybody because you never know who somebody knows either it's amazing the connections that you can make just by talking about what you do or what your friend does or yeah and it's really it really is it's such a you you I mean you I was advised about some of these things but I don't think it really hits home until you till you actually do it and your website isn't going to sell your products I mean it's it's quite it's quite shocking realization (laughs) you know you you sell your products and and this website you know you have to really work really hard yeah and it starts with word of mouth absolutely yes and also even getting people to your website in the first place I mean I think it's it's very easy to think I'm going to put up a website and then I'm going to sell my products but actually there's getting creating your website is almost the easy part isn't it it does not work like that at all it really is mind-boggling and you 
you know, you, you don't, you, you, you imagine it as if it's a shop front, but you actually, you don't have the footfall because people aren't seeing it. You know, I, you can still Google autism t-shirts now and my, my website probably come up on page seven. I mean, who scrolls past even the third entry? Um, so to, to work your way up the Google pages is, takes an enormous amount. And it's the kind of work that you never thought you'd ever be doing. Um, you know, admin type stuff and asking people for reviews and, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still have a lot to learn on SEO. <laughs> I think the thing is, running a small business is that there's just so much more to do than you could have ever oh. imagined, and you know that's not even about the social media that you need to do and the marketing. And there's, mm. I feel like the list of jobs for a small business owner is never ending, and there are always going to be the things that. Um, are higher up on the priority list and, and my advice for what it's worth for anybody who thinks oh gosh there's so much is just focus on what's working so I mean if you know your SEO needs doing but actually you make most of your sales on Instagram and Instagram and think about your SEO when you've got the time and the headspace I think that yeah, none, none of us can be doing all of the things all no, of the time no that's re- that is really good advice and you I, I found you kind of the things that you know you're not that confident at you avoid <laughs> and procrastinate and of course there's nobody pushing deadlines on you because it's, it's just you and your own own show um so yeah yeah that is really good advice focus on what works for you as well as what's working and speaking of advice Trish I would love to get and I promise this is my last question I would love to get your top piece of advice for other product business owners or small business owners what's the one thing you think people should know um, it's a really good, good question. I think don't, don't be sort of, um, disillusioned by, you know, or, um, fooled by people's success, especially on social media. There's the, you, you see it and you can't help but think all of these businesses with their very pretty posts and are, are you know, churning out the sales. It, it, that really isn't the truth. Um, it takes years, um, pandemics aside, and um, like you suggested earlier, to to focus on your passions and your strengths, you have to, you know, you're going to have to work really hard. You, things that you do in the background, you won't realize that will actually start to generate sales. Um, you just have to keep, you have to keep at it. And I think my, my, you know, you have to, you have to make it, you have to tell yourself if you're if you're a personality like me who's who's not full of self confidence. You have to tell yourself that this is that this is your business because when you're a mum and you're working from home and it's your own small business, you can't believe how how unimportant it can become to the rest of the family. They just seem to assume that it just does its own thing in the background, you know. And 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 you drop everything for loads of washing, for family lunches, for school runs for yeah you have to you have to keep making it important for yourself you know yeah treating it like a business (laughs) that's really good advice thank you that's great advice and actually I've got one final question if you don't mind and I didn't actually queue you up with this one so um no problem if you don't want to answer but I was just thinking that, that bringing it back to um to this week and trying to raise awareness of autism is there one thing about autism that you would like people to take away you know if they've got to the end of this podcast and um is there one thing that you'd like people to to perhaps know or think about 
for me, it's, it's, you know, we, nobody's perfect and we all judge each other and we all make comparisons and even autism parents do it. So for me, it's, the, it's, it's, it's one of the captions on my t-shirts. It is, it's just to stop, think and be kind because you never actually really know what's going on in someone's life and mind and I could draw that all towards autism and being an invisible disability but it's but it's everything isn't it we you know it's the one thing we can aspire you know we can look up to autistic people for because if you ask an autistic person how they are I mean it's such a bizarre question in our social world we go oh I'm fine thanks how are you and if you're not fine an autistic person would never say that they're fine (laughs) when they're not but we do and it's just those constantly, it's a choice you make and you have to remind yourself if you're out and about in a shop, even if it's got nothing to do with autism, you look at someone and, you know, we all do it, don't we? You're like, oh, what's up with him? Or that's a bit odd. Or, geez, did you see what she's wearing? Kind of whatever. Just those constant little reminders to yourself. Stop, think, be kind. You, you, you never really know. <laughs> I think that's wonderful advice. Thank you. And yeah, something... I try and remind myself such a lot is that you don't know what's going on in someone else's head. You don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know what phone call they've just taken. You don't know what they're worried about. And yeah, I think just remembering to just, yeah, be kind, as you say, I think it's great advice for all of us, all of the time. You know, as, as autism parents, we, we, are, we are pretty intensely in our, in our journeys. And I think some of the time we were just expecting people to, to be better. Um, but they're not, you know, and, and you just have to be, yeah, you have to be kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I think that's a brilliant reminder for, for absolutely for everyone in all situations. I think, yeah, I think that's something that we can all do. And thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and for sharing everything. I really enjoy talking to you and thank you. I've loved meeting you and thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute honour. It's the first time I've done something like this. So it's a real treat. Thank you. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. That really helps other people to find this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it. You can find me at vickyweinberg.com. There you'll find link to all of my social channels. You'll find lots more information, all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too. So again, that's vickyweinberg.com. Take care, have a good week and see you next time. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.